Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, we ask, we implore, we insist upon you. And when I say use your heads, that means supporting your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude because you're smarter than the average fan. Because you use your heads, get it? But go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t shirt. We literally have something for everybody. We've got Jesus Did the Job, my personal fave, Save Tag Team Wrestling, Baron Corbin Sucks, Hashtag Journalism, and many, many other really cool designs. Like just go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, peruse everything we got going on. You're going to find something you like. I guarantee it. 
But more importantly than that, you're going to be supporting us because thechairshot.com. We're not just a website, we're a movement. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Belass and the Commissioner PC Tunney. And gentlemen, before we get into the proceedings proceeding this evening, we've got to pay homage to Darkman X, a.k.a. Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX, who unfortunately transitioned last week. The official word was a drug overdose, and he just never came out of it. Whatever. The bottom line is he was here, and he's no longer here. I just feel like he deserves his flowers, and we need to give him some love, because I know DMX number one there was a particular point in time where he was the biggest rapper in the world I don't even think that's undeniable but guys from a personal perspective and and this is not just the music which the music was hot too but he particularly he resonated with black people because we all know that guy we all know the guy who at his core is a really good dude but his demons always seem to get the best of him so it, you know, in that notion, the man felt like family, to be quite frankly with it. it. It wasn't just about the music or, you know, who he was as a celebrity. He literally felt like family to us. And I'm I'm so glad that a few months ago that him and Snoop, they did their versus battle and that DMX was able to get his love and, and his flowers and understand what he meant to us. And it, it, it on, on one note, it's heartbreaking because he looked healthy and happy and that was great to see but now he's no longer with us but the bottom line is I'm just happy that he got to feel the love one more time no that that, that was really well said and I don't think I could I could correlate it any better than that because you know I just I was a big fan of the music like the fact that even he could do a movie with Jet Li back in the early 2000s that was still cool as fuck like back when a lot of people tried to break into movies who had no business breaking into movies and it just came naturally it seemed and he just it was it was good it was cool music <sighs> it's rough I, I didn't even realize him and Snoop did the versus battle because I know a few months ago when that was going on during quarantine you were telling us about it and how what what was it uh Nelly or Luda whoever it was had like the playback issues and they were basically on dial up or something like that and everybody clowned them for that and there was there was a there was a few other situations but i didn't even catch on the dmx and the snoop one so maybe i should go back and see if i could find like a link or something like that to that because that'd be cool and it's it's sad to hear and i didn't even hear the drug overdose when i heard like a heart attack that he didn't come out of but i didn't see what caused the heart attack but <sighs> i mean he's got a he had a bunch of shit going on and like i know he tried to get clean i know like he tried to turn everything around and kind of like you let off with like some people their demons just get the best of them but can't take anything away from the legend that what you know he built with his music and his lyrics so yeah, it sucks it it, it, it hurts you know because we all grew up in the formidable kind of years of teenage years in the late 90s and the early 2000s with him and his music and it's a it's a hard one it's a hard one to deal with it'd be one thing if it was like lenny kravitz or somebody from like the early 90s when it didn't matter as much which not not worshiping any harm on him or like you know when anything from before it really mattered to you happens but when it happens from that time period where you hold dear it it, it stings a little harder what 
Tony, you don't think? Like, if you lost somebody from when you were growing up, your teenage years, that you idolized or that you enjoyed in a celebrity kind of way, like, that doesn't sting a little more than... If you were five and you were oh, listening, like, I don't know, Lamb Chop or something nobody, like that. If Lamb Chop passes by... Nobody okay. knows this. Nobody knows this, but I was going to launch Chair Shop Music next week, and my first guest was going to be Lenny Kravitz. Thanks a lot, asshole. Looks like you blew that one. Oh yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Why, why are we killing off Lenny Kravitz, man? He's awesome as well. <laughs> like, what are you the doing? Fuck? That wasn't my point. I wasn't trying to kill him off. I'm just like he was kind of relevant before that, and before it really mattered to me, at least, since I know I'm a couple years younger than you guys. But like that, I think that's why, like, to tie it into wrestling, instead that's of, why the Attitude Era and instead Monday of, Night Wars are so instead important. of instead of they killed Kenny, it's Andrew killed Lenny. There we go. I like that one because if we said Kenny, that be that depends on who was listening. But it's it's just like I was saying before. Like when you tie it into wrestling, that's why the Attitude Era and I think the ruthless aggression era matters so much to the current generation of fan. Because when you're a teenager, you're you know you're molded and everything. Your a lot of your decisions and a lot of your your thinking kind of come to fruition then. And when you lose somebody that was really pivotal pivotal in your life at the time, like it it's rough. It sucks. Put things in perspective. You can't deny the impact that he had on music, on on pop culture, and on his own community. One hundred percent and people outside of his community that enjoyed his music as well. You know? Um he just seemed like a very real person that that just had demons, like you said, Platt. You know, and I think that's why people are drawn to him is because he was, he couldn't be anybody else, unfortunately, right? Not even to any type of degree. So, definitely, uh, very well accomplished in in the music industry, and will will never be forgotten there. And I keep seeing all these people that have these random ass DMX stories on Twitter. You know, talking about when they met him and videos, man. I see videos. He was. I don't know if you guys remember this, but in the mid aughts, like the mid two thousands, for maybe a season or two, he actually had a reality show on BET, and this is when he was out living in Arizona. And I, I'll never forget. I, it might have been the first episode. I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But he's out at this bar out in Arizona, and he's hanging out with these rednecks i mean there, there's no other way to say it no disrespect but they're rednecks they got all their cowboy hats and all of that they're rednecks and you know they're shooting pool and they're hanging out and whatnot and they cut away you know how reality shows do they do the mm-hmm. cutaways and shit like that and they cut to this one guy big old redneck white melon farmer he got his cowboy hat and all of that got his little beer belly and whatnot and he just turns to the camera and he goes i love earl and I mean, you could see that the love between them was was genuine. You know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. but that's just the the type of person he was. From all accounts, he just was really a really good dude. And it it, it sucks when you lose good people. No, I agree, especially for things like that that are kind of out of his control in a way. Like a lot of people like to think that drug addiction is kind of a joke and all that other stuff, but. Any kind of addiction is something that you thrive off of. It's something you need, and it's hard to beat. It's cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, whatever it happens to be. So he just couldn't get past it, and, you know, we've we've all been there with something. Like, there's something that kind of bugs all of us, and, yeah. I mean, it's shitty. (laughs) 
And Thanks, I, I hate Thanks, <laughs> I hate people do that. Like I've literally got into arguments and have lost friendships over this because people try to people feel a certain way when somebody is struggling with drug addiction or alcoholism or you know one one of those types of vices and people tend to look down on people for struggling with those and it, it pisses me off. Don't you love the you reactions can. that are like just stop, yeah. like just don't like yeah. what like and. And the irony of the whole situation is the two biggest addictions on the planet are salt and sugar. So why, why, you know, an addict is an addict. So mm-hmm. why are you judging these people or, you know, looking down on these people because oh, yeah. they're struggling with something when I'm pretty sure your fat ass woke up this morning and had some goddamn Twinkies and Ho-Hos and then you're going to go put a pound of salt on your fucking chicken or pork chops or whatever the fuck you're going to have. Even for- better. Right? Caffeine's got to be up there, too. So yes. don't you love when people are judging like the crackhead just because you know oh well that's a that's a serious drug and you you're shaky and you look like a retard but they do it as they're holding their Starbucks coffee and this is their third coffee of the day because they had to have one or two to wake up and you know all that other fun shit or maybe a soda or something like that so everybody's got it some don't fuck you up as much as the others sure you could maybe make that argument that oh well my vice is more innocent good for you asshole but like you still have a fucking problem and you just want to overlook it because it's innocent and then and then they say goofy shit like this when you try to approach them in the morning oh don't talk to me yet i haven't had my coffee fuck you <laughs> imagine if that was don't talk to me yet i haven't had my meth <laughs> it's, like, what? it's yeah, the same fucking yeah. thing <laughs> but now it's a problem you know what i mean and now you you look at this person like they're less than you fuck you yeah. Everybody got their shit going on, man. Fuck you. I mean, even Andrew. <sighs> I butt chug salt water all the time. That's an addiction. Ooh. True, it well, is. That's the, you, that's, you know that's the, the best way to tie this all back together? Shush. <laughs> you know the best thing to tie this all, all together for what Chris started with? Because he started with the, uh, the t-shirt plug. Speaking of, you know, things to help get you through, I think pro wrestling tees might pay attention to the fact that you make shit up for codes constantly. Because this morning I got a text from them telling me that their new code for the next three days from the 14th to the 17th is Spring Fling. You get 20% off of New Japan. I think it's 30% off of New Japan, but it's at least 20% off of a lot of the other things if you type in Spring Fling as the code. So they're looking out for you, Chris. But if you type in Spring Break, you get 30% off. Quit making shit up, man. I'm a goddamn trendsetter. You're not going to take this moment from me, okay? Kiss my ass, Tony. Kiss my ass, both cheeks. I'll even shave for you. You're so kind. Both cheeks are just one, and he has to roll the dice and figure out if he gets the good one or the bad one. They're all good, Blast. Uh, They're all good. Uh, uh. <laughs> Especially when I shave them. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think it's time to go on move on to topic number two, although I, I think, Platt, it'd be nice for you to round out uh, topic number one by, by saying a few last words. X, we loved you, man. You did life right. You left your mark. And you left a body of work that is going to be here forever. And the only thing that I hope is that prayerfully, as you transitioned, you found the peace on the other side that you were never able to find on this side. And 
We love you, dog. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania! Hey folks, PC Tunt. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually Pottismore. This isn't the commercial. You shouldn't have to ever hear that commercial again until maybe next year. But I thought I would play a little, the old answering machine gig on people. <laughs> you can't do the answer. There's no more answering machines anymore, right? Like, you could used to pretend to be it. A lot of people used to do that fun thing that wasn't so fun where on their voicemail they'd be like, Hello? Hello? I'm just kidding. You got my voicemail. Leave a message. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. I just tried to talk to you twice. I'm not leaving a fucking voicemail now. Right? You guys remember that shit? So you can't do that anymore. But, gentlemen, WrestleMania 37 has come and gone. Let's get into a little bit of a broader discussion here and kind of... Let's let's dive into it. Chris... I would love for you to be able to lead us down the road of WrestleMania 37, much like you did 1 through 36 in the epic Ten Commandments-esque saga known as Mania Madness, an all-time great podcasting series. (laughs) Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Do I have to? I'm sick of leading WrestleMania-related discussions. God damn. It's become your thing, though. You do so good at it. Oh, shut up. You're humoring me. I mean, you do way better than I do. And I think AJ does better than Tunny. So the bar is very low for who you can actually, you know, pass it to. Well, it it also helps that I actually watch the shows. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. That helps. I watched pieces. Like, you know, I, I watched things. There was a person and a ring and a bell, and it was good. Possibly a couple W's and an E or two. I don't know. Jeez, they look fun. So I, I, I think there was that? rain at some point too. Does that help? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start here but, then. You want me to? You want me to? I, 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 I was getting there, but go ahead. Go ahead, son. No, I didn't know. Right. It sounded like you didn't want no, no, to do no, it. Go on, go on, go on. You want no, me to? Go on. Should I do uh, my job? Go on. What? You, 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 you jumped in. You, you might as well say something now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go on. Say. No, I, I didn't know you. I thought you didn't want to. I, you know, full disclosure, I left to go get a beer. I didn't hear anything you said for the last minute and a half and thought you still wanted me to moderate instead of you running it. You're, you're, you're cutting into our carnival talk, sir. Please moderate. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny when you do stuff like that because no one else really knows what the fuck you're talking about. But they say. First, you pop yourself and then worry about everybody else. So, well done, sir. All right. WrestleMania, it started off with a rain delay. And and here's, here's where I want to start this because we've had these different conversations with a couple different people on a couple different shows. Shout out to Ray Cash to getting the WrestleMania pre-shows together. Hopefully, we can do that for more big events across multiple things. Other wrestling events, maybe other sporting events. I think it would be really cool to have select chair shot personalities give you a little video take before it starts right there on the old twitter we had rain and this made wwe need to buy some time 
and they sent out some of their best people that they knew could do really good unscripted interviews. I'm sure you're both in favor of the less produced interview. Let's see who can sink. Let's see who can swim. You goddamn right, man, because all those interviews, some were better than others, but like you said, the fact that they just went out there and let them go off the cuff and talk about what they needed to talk about, it came across so much better. And it's a throwback to when people were actually paying attention to this shit. You know, everybody wasn't the rock on the mic, but they got their character across and whatever they needed to do, they got it across. Granted, I understand why they script things. They're a multi-billion dollar conglomerate and you can't have somebody going out there saying something that they shouldn't have said or something controversial. I get it, but it this shit is just too sanitized and homogenized now. So I like people just going out there and getting their character over and, and saying what they got to say in their character. That works. It completely works. And you've got people that know how to talk nowadays. As much as I cherry pick on WWE or am openly like disinterested about things, they don't have a bad group. Just much like you just kind of said in the beginning part of that, the sterile almost over sanitization of the product is it it loses an edge it loses its interest for me it turns into daytime soap opera tv just at prime time and i don't want to watch that most of the time so i pick and choose things i like i pick and choose people i like and then i just move on and then i'll read up on the other things that i've missed because it's normally not a ton because Worst comes to worst, you watch a pay-per-view, they recap, they have some of the best video recaps of what they want you to say the story was, or what how they want you to understand the story, so their weekly television is kind of moot, almost by their own production value, you know what I mean? No, the weekly shit is whack as fuck, Smackdown's a consistently good show, but Raw and NXT, yeah, whatever. But this particular WrestleMania, number one, it was fantastic to have fans back in the arena for the first time in over a year. And I feel like that was palatable. I feel like the wrestlers fed off of that as well. And it turned some matches that would have normally been mundane into something a little bit more. It was, it was just, it, it was a happening and it was exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. And I like, as much as NXT, the, the crowd started kind of getting irritating by night two. Because uh, the uh, the Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly twist his dick kind of chant that started towards the end, like middle end of that ish, I'm like yeah, that was that was a bit much. But like at least they seemed like they they played along more than they usually do, and it wasn't beach balls and complete attempts to get themselves over. What are, what are you guys thoughts on on first of all what Vic Joseph right NXT play by play guy? I think so. Okay, I, I'm not a fan of his. And then I don't know if you guys caught any of Raw. Adnan Verk uh, took over for Tom Phillips for it looks like a week or so. If you guys had caught any of what he did. Just while we're on the topic of I think that's the only time we're going to touch IMXT today. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked him. I know him from, from ESPN. I thought he came across very well. He doesn't have a lot of product knowledge, 
but it's going to turn out the same way it always turns out with WWE commentators. Remember how great Mick Foley was when he first started? Remember how great JBL was when he first started? Remember how great Samoa Joe was when he first started? Eventually, they're going to get beat down by the system. They have a system. They have a certain way that they want to do things, and ultimately, everybody will be complaining about him just like they complain about all the other announcers. And it's not their fault. It's There's a certain way that they do things, and it just it is what it is. Okay, I didn't pay attention to the announcing, obviously, on what I did see from Raw, but tell me this, though. Does he sound like Michael Cole, like uh, like Vic Joseph and Tom Phillips kind of do, or does he at least have his own cadence and way of speaking? He's got a different cadence, I mean, because he hasn't done wrestling, really, right? I mean, he's more of a sports center guy. I think he does some work for the MLB Network now, but he seems like he, he could have... he. His, he sounds different in a way that isn't because of ethnicity. It's because of someone that is not necessarily a hardcore fan, but knows what they need to do to become a good announcer if he wanted to do it. Because I think he could be. I think like he just needs to be a little bit more educated like on the week-to-week storyline thing, get his own groove in, his mm-hmm. timing, because... I think he could be better than Tom Phillips, right? I think he could be your guy that could go along with Michael Cole and help them out. But that that's just me. I really liked what he did. You can tell. I mean, obviously it wasn't good if you if you didn't grade it on a scale of someone doing Raw for the first time. But it, it seemed like the potential was there, in my opinion, having basically seen every single Raw ever. And I'm a fan of I was a fan of his work on ESPN, so I graded him a little less harsh than most. And he said it at the beginning of the night. I'm still learning. Give me some time. But ultimately he'll be like every other bland cookie cutter announcer that they have on the show. It's just they have a way of doing things and it is what it is, and it's not anybody's fault. But I, I wanna double back to the actual event if if you don't mind. They started off the night hot as fish grease with Bobby Lashley taking on Drew McIntyre which was a great call it it was because and we talked about that last week if I was a wrestler I would have wanted to come out in that first match well if first match on the first night if you're not especially you want to be first right well especially in this climate the fact that there hadn't been fans in the building for over a year and then the 45 minute rain delay tacked on to that yeah, they were thirsty at that particular point in time. So any match that came on there, it could have been fucking R-Truth versus Akira Tozawa, and they would have been hot for it just because they were going to be hot for it. That's but a stretch, that but on. I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Out, if you know, R-Truth comes out doing the what-up rap, I'm sure the crowd goes fucking crazy. Oh, oh hell yeah. Like, R-Truth low-key should probably start every single WrestleMania so he can come out and do the what's up and all of that. Like, for he real. I picked during the rain delay <laughs> yeah he could have yeah he could have lost he could have lost and won the title back like six times in that 45 minute delay but this for for my money this was the match of the night night one because it you know it, it wasn't a classic wrestling match but it was two big ass galoots beating the shit out of each other and i gotta be honest i was shocked by the ending did really? i think yeah why? You thought you thought Lashley had a chance to win it? Yes. To win it? Yes. Go on. 
I just personally thought it was too quick to flip it back to Drew, and you have to give Lashley some time and some space to grow off of this, because you just broke up the Hurt Business or whatever they're doing with that, because that seal seems questionable at times. You know, MVP is doing great as just a manager, not not a faction manager, not the J.J. Dillon, but just the, the single single monster kind of manager is perfect. Like, Lashley should have a decent run in him. Granted, what we found out raw with the the uh, the rematch coming up, like who knows with that with the WrestleMania backlash or whatever the fuck they're calling it this year, that could be where they get funky and they give it to fucking Drew, which I could see that unfortunately. But I'd really like to see a long run from Lashley, and I didn't really expect Drew to win this one just because he won last year at Mania. He doesn't need to run it back just because now there's people to give him like his real kind of feel good kind of no. It's not the same build. Not going to be the same effect. But that's what I was thinking. They wanted to have <laughs> people in the in the crowd to give Drew his actual WrestleMania moment. That's why I thought they were going. And let, I mean, let's keep it a buck and a half, man. WWE doesn't always have the best track record when it comes to brothers wrestling. Yeah, it is what it is. I, I, I'm not. I don't want to go all the way down that that rabbit hole, but. Y'all know what I'm saying, and you know, you know what Did I'm saying. Did you like how they but, tried to poke a hole in your defense by like making sure there was at least some color on both sides of every match, regardless of whoever won? Hey, guess what? You can't say we buried the other guy. You know what I mean? Between AJ and Omos, and then well, Bianca th- and Sasha, like it was just all there. Well, that 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 was another interesting uh, thing coming out of this mania, man. WWE in general, man, this is the darkest this roster has ever been. And you look up and down both nights of each show, there were a lot of colored people that, and I, you know, I can say that, and nobody's going to get offended. But uh, good luck with y'all trying that one. Yeah, good luck with y'all trying that one. But but there were a lot of people of color that went over on this card and kind of got their mania moments. And, you know, shout out to WWE staring into the skid. I don't know how much choice they really have just because. It just is what it is. There's just a lot of, you know, people of color on the roster right now. But I feel like a lot of guys and gals got got moments this mm-hmm. weekend. And it was cool to see. I mean, they're also the the best stories that came into it, too. If you think about it, between the Bad Bunny, you know, Damian Priest and Ms. Morrison and Roman's, you know, since he became Tribal Chief, he's turned things around and he's turned fan opinion of him around. And, you know, even even the stuff with Biggie and Apollo and they brought back fucking uh, Big Boy from Underground with that Daba Kato. Or oh, uh, oh uh, Yapit Koto. Yapit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Bless you. But anyway, like there was it was nice. And there, there was just a lot of interesting situations. And all of the better stories were with the wrestlers of color. So, like, I don't think that was an accident, honestly. No, I agree with you. I, I, I totally agree with you. And another thing that I picked up on during this mania is that it seems like WWE is going back to its roots. And, you know, WWE, F, whatever, it's always been the land of the big men. Yeah. And up and down this card, we got Bobby Lashley as the champ. We got Roman as the champ. They debuted almost and made him look dominant AF. We talked about Yapit Koto just a few minutes ago. Like, there's, are, I feel like they're going back to their roots yeah. right here. And, and Braun it's existed gonna be too. Let's not bury him because he's at least got the size that you're going with for your point. Touche, touche. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're kind of going back to this. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting. 
it should be, especially who gets the rub out of this, because even the one that kind of flies under the radar with size is Damian Priest. Like, he's he's like six eight. He's lean, but he's still tall as a motherfucker. So to finish off the Lashley Drew McIntyre, we're getting the rematch at what is now named WrestleMania Backlash. It can't just be Backlash. It couldn't just yeah. be SmackDown Friday, and you know. It's got to be extra, extra. Read all about it. WrestleMania extends itself prior and post. It's happening. Y'all got to relax. Y'all got to relax. No, Y'all got to relax. You, you know why they did that. Which fucking more you, you know want me to relax, did. for Christ's sake? Well, number one, relax, period. <laughs> Overall, you, you, you're anything but relaxed right now. You literally just tried to stab me virtually with a pin. So that doesn't spring That's relaxation. That's not the pen he was showing. It's his relaxation pen. If you get the oh, drift. His vape. Yeah, yes. His so do That's... that. And yeah, y'all know what it is, man. I mean, it's on Peacock now. They're trying to get people over to Peacock and sub- to subscribe to Peacock. So it's like WrestleMania Part Three. Y'all know why they're doing this. Why does everybody have a such a? Why is everybody's panties in a crawl over this when we clearly know what they're doing? What's wrong with it? It's it's a cheap branding effect, and until I guess, what, did you say put it panties in a crawl? I yeah, think, uh, undies in a yeah. bundy. You ever hear that one? Al Bundy? Huh? No. Yeah, whatever. Oh, no, I, th- I think he he fused like pennies in a twist and something stuck in your craw, so it was pennies in your craw, and I like that because that 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 brings a whole different visual in my head. Dr- your your drawers causing wars? I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, okay. just stop talking now. Let Andrew. But finish. no, the point I was getting at was it's cheap branding. I get, I understand the cross branding aspect of Mania is their biggest thing. So the more you can tie that to to anything, you're gonna do it. But I think until numbers come out about what this Mania really did and how much people cared and how the feelings change, I think that's when people's opinion of the topic or the name change might change. Because this just, it seems cheap right now, and the IWC, which is the ones complaining about it, you know, they hate anything like that. Because in their bubble, in the IWC world, we already know what this is. We know what Mania is. This isn't Mania Part 3. Like, why are you trying to do this? Why are you trying to just do dumb shit like this just to extend something that's already over-exaggerated, overblown, extended too far anyway? Because, you know... If you listen to the IWC, night two was the trash can, and night one was I. Like, you know. Which I don't understand that, but why are we listening to the IWC, man? It's a small percentage. They're the most listen to us. And they get neither pussy nor paper, or if you prefer, cunt nor currency. Either way. They get paper pussy, though, because they do still print those kind of, you know, things that you can buy and purchase and look at the pictures. You know, it's free online. You could still do that. You could just call them pink and green colorblind. Pink and hey, green. Hey, 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 nothing wrong with masturbation, but ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Speaking of which, can we like give props? The real thing, baby. Can we give props to Bad Bunny for a hot second? Like we heard the reports that he was down at the performance center working out, trying to make this thing look legitimate. Yo, he showed his ass, and and I mean that in a good way. It was he did a lot better match. than I expected. Yeah, yeah, I would put him up there with Pat McAfee as and Dennis Rodman. People forget how dope Dennis Rodman was in WCW. You he remember sucked balls. in the ring. I, 
No, he, he did not. Oh, he was horrible. No. Go back and watch no. it. Go back. Oh, wait, no. you probably can't anymore because WWE Network's dead, no. which is the biggest fucking thing we should be talking about. Okay, Carl Malone was terrible. Tell me to relax. Carl Malone also had a terrible personality on the fucking court anyway, so that's fine. Rodman was great for professional wrestling. It's not like he was going to do a fucking corkscrew plancha or, like, fucking, you know, a Canadian destroyer in 1998, but, like, the worm was fucking over, and he knew how to be the worm. So, what you can't really complain about. It's professional wrestling. We had Alexa Bliss fucking come out and fucking, like, demon we, curse we, we, voodoo we, we, bullshit to the we, feed, we and that's the Orton one. But, we, we, we no, but that, that, that's my point. Like, if we're going to accept something like, or Kamala putting a curse on the Ultimate Warrior shit like that, or Papa Shango, like that yeah, kind of thing. Say, get you, get you I know, it's Papa Shango. Yeah, I don't. I don't accept any of that. I, I WWF, am... when I just watch it, it's the I, point. I, <laughs> I may be a WWE guy, but I very well shit on many of things that I don't accept in WWE. We'll get to one of them shortly. And, and all and of those things you mentioned, like, I didn't accept them at all. And I like what? So you, don't, you don't accept The Undertaker then? I do accept The Undertaker. How do you how do you accept somebody who was controlled by an urn for twenty years until he decided to become human and ride a motorcycle and then go back to being undead? Like, how do you accept that? But you don't accept the other shit. Well, real, real quick, man. Real, called, just real quick, man. People. He asked me a huge question, and you're like, oh, hold on, everybody. We'll be right back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until this afternoon when you'll hear the rest. Okay, Paul Harvey, tell us what happens in between now and later of the We're story. We're going to get to that. That's. That's funny. We're going to get to that, but just real quick, man, I got to defend Dennis Rodman because everybody remembers the, the tag match that they had, but nobody remembers the match that he had with Macho Man Randy Savage, and I think it might have been at the Great American Bash. It was a damn entertaining match. Like, Rodman was perfect for, 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 the, for, the, for Professor Wrestling. Go ahead, Sonny. <laughs> I don't even so remember now, yeah, now what defend, Andrew asked defend me. Why un- Okay, but the rest of the magical bullshit apparently just is uh, poo-pooed upon by the great PC Tunney and your great poo-poo upon. There we go. Well, the first the first thing in watching wrestling is there are double standards. I call them a contradiction, but continue. <laughs> That's it. And it's called suspension of disbelief. And I can stick with liking something, whether or not it, it, it goes up and down. It, it, you know... Fandom is such a roller coaster type of thing. You don't have to love everything, but you can like it as a whole. I don't disagree with you. Okay, and another victory big... for PC Tunney. <laughs> no, but you're also a big indie guy. So if if we're just gonna spin off into some of the the crazy shit, how do you feel about like the Sue Young crap? Just to to, to deviate. Like, I know I'm just. I want his opinion because all... he's probably in the fucking oh, indies. So do you care about that? Is the demon We're kind of shit? We're all just... full of shit. Okay, that's literally my mission statement. No. We're all no. full of shit. I proved to you over the weekend that I was not full of shit. You tried to get me on some bullshit. You tried to rope AJ and <laughs> be was like, funny. Yeah, tell him that Paul's is just watching shit and he's just good. being a fucking bitch. That was good. And it's like, nope, he's not. <laughs> he did other things. You know, the only reason I feel bad about that is because, number one, I forgot that you were in that text thread. But I, I didn't. Want I it feel to come bad because I got like caught. I no, because I didn't want it to come across like I was talking shit behind your back. Because you know, good and goddamn well, I would say that shit to you. Yeah, I know. Exactly. The best exactly. part is, 
You wouldn't believe me if I told you because you think everybody's a used car salesman selling you a line of bullshit. But when you got his dumbass who ain't smart enough to lie, there we go. That's how you know it's the truth. <laughs> but uh, that's why I had to say, well, I was going to tell him to tell your brother that Platt said he's full of shit. I, that's why I had to throw that out there. But I, I felt bad because I didn't want you to think I was talking behind your back. But uh, like you said... It's the yeah. same shit I would I've said to you a million times. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. But I didn't want to come across like a fake motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. You got something to say? I talk about all of you behind your backs. Deal with it. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I figured. I'm not surprised. I'm just gonna call him a son of a bitch anyway. Tony think he's a worker though, Drew. That's what it is. He think he'd be working you and I. Like, we're just both idiots, and he's just the puppet master. That's what he be thinking. No, not at all. I think I just I just want to do a really good show. Yeah. That's all. Moving right along. What did I do? <laughs> like, I just like, nah, just continue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a lot going on, man. And I'm not trying to be on this motherfucker for four hours. This ain't Mania Madness. Uh, did y'all want to talk to you? <laughs> That's a shot at you, by the way. That is a shot at you. You just threw a shot. You boomeranged yourself with a shot. You said, I'm going to throw this. Oh, yeah, that one's on me. You need a fucking just fluorescent light behind your camera that just blinks back and forth saying irony or ironic. Because that that was some shit for how we started this conversation before the show went off. <laughs> I don't want to talk forever about this. This is a medium, man. It's motherfucker. Really? <laughs> okay, so number one, I'm going to address you here, Andrew. I wanted to talk about... We're, we're going to pull the curtain back. Let's pull the curtain oh, back. Oh, boy. Here we go. The whole goddamn time. This is going to be way more entertaining than anything else. We had to put in some other other topics to placate my brother, Mr. Andrew It's called WrestleMania week, not look at WWE under a microscope with Chris Platt. I'm sorry, scientist, Dr. Platt. I didn't want to fucking listen and talk about WWE constantly. (laughs) WrestleMania week. They had nine yeah. consecutive days of WWE content. That's what the fuck I want to talk about. Consecutive days of other content too. Well, say, say, save that venom, man, because I got to throw some shots at Tunney here as well. Okay, Percival go. Charles Tunney. We were reviewing six goddamn WrestleManias at a time. Guess what, sir? That shit's going to take some time. So my fucking bad, my goddamn bad that we couldn't condense that shit into 55 minutes of six WrestleManias. I'm a horrible host. I'm a horrible moderator. Blow me. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye, sir. Moving right back. WrestleMania. It only took me six minutes to get over on wind chimes, brother. Only six minutes to get over on wind chimes. You know, I feel, like the title be, I feel like the title needs to be I'm a horrible host, blow me. I feel like that's just perfect. No, I don't like that one. Why not? You want me to text Greg and find out what he thinks? Because I think that one we get a green light. <laughs> I'm not worried about the green light. <laughs> okay, cool. So nobody wants to talk about Seth and Cesaro because I know how y'all white boys in the IWC 
just cream your pants over Cesaro, but we'll move right on. No, to no, what no. I want to talk about. That's an interesting question, actually, because I think Andrew had that. What did it make the top five matches, or was it an honorable mention? What's no, that? Seth and Cesaro made it, and I think I made that about equal with Lashley and McIntyre. Like I, I, I like the Seth and Cesaro match a lot because Seth actually, Seth put a lot of effort into putting Cesaro over. And it wasn't anything special. It wasn't shit we didn't see in ROH, you know, but it was just shit we haven't seen in WWE when they want to call him the strongest pound-for-pound wrestler and tried to make him seem like hot shit five years ago or whatever. And I liked how the promo kind of went through the fact that he's, like, lost everything at Manias. And basically, Cesaro's some punk-ass bitch, and Seth Rollins has won all of this shit, yada, yada, yada. Like, that's the right way to do a paid ad. Like that, that that's that's an NWO throwback where it was just burying the one guy and that in a funny way and then be like and in no way is this paid for by Seth Rollins it's just his friends and Seth Rollins endorses the message being said like that that was cute and clever the match was really good Seth sure did he oversell he's Seth Rollins of course he fucking oversold did he need to flip off the fucking bottom rope into a power bump position and you know get flung around fucking seventy eight times or whatever it is. No, but it also gets over Cesaro's strength and stuff like that that people haven't really seen. And given the fact that there hasn't been a live crowd in a while, maybe they overdid it on purpose because they wanted to show off for people. So I can't hate him for that completely. It didn't look sloppy. It didn't look bad. Nothing looked dumb. It just it looked a little funny at times, but it was also really cool to see at least the finish went the right way. And that kind of kind of helps the feeling of everything. Go, refute. Sunny, you have thoughts? You see what I did there, ladies and gentlemen? I used one of their own to get them back on topic. Dance, puppets, dance! <laughs> but no, it was a really good match. It really was. And do I think this is going to lead to something more for Cesaro other than? Being the B side of an of the main event of an off-brand pay-per-view, probably not. But if it does, cool. I mean, he's earned it. I mean, it's it's weird to think about, man. This Mellon Farmer been in the E for ten years. You don't really think about it like that, but that's crazy, isn't it? I didn't realize it's been that long, but yeah. 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 Hmm. Shit. Yeah, because I remember going to Royal Rumble in Phoenix back in 2012, and he had just debuted maybe six to eight months ago, and he was still doing the gimmick where he would come in with Oksana, and he would insult the crowd in, like, six different languages. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Oksana shit. Forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's been that long. He's been there that long. So if this does lead to him having some sort of elevated view, cool. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Bron and Shane, nah. it was cool. Yeah, it was cool for what it was. It we didn't expect much, but it happened. It was cool. Um, is there anything else we need to touch on before we get to the women? I mean, we talked about Bad Bunny and Priest. We uh, kind of glazed over the whole Biggie, Apollo, and, you know, Dabokato, well, whatever that's, you call that, him. Yeah, well, that's, that's night two, though. Oh, I, I didn't know we were going in day order. I thought you were just kind of overviewing. Okay, oh, you, that's fine. You thought I, I wasn't going to talk about the main event on night two? And, oh, no, and I thought that was next after the, the women. I thought you wanted to go to the women next and then to the triple. But, no, that that's fine. So nothing else from day one really sticks out to me before we get to uh, Sasha and Bianca. Yeah, Omos. Shout out to them. 
Almost. I forgot about Almost's debut. You said Shout that, out to the though, a little bit that he already kind of they made him look like a monster. What what yeah, role? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what role does he play? Just real quick between the, the two of you. I mean, is he just the big guy sideshow attraction, or does he? But does he also fill like a big show role where he can flip back and forth from heel and face and get a few title runs? I mean, right now oh. he feels more like Diesel. Because yeah, he's like, going to get a title run, basically, I'm asking. I mean, if they show his personality a little more, maybe. Like, you know, he's it's slowly come out after he started talking, because that was just, you know, comedy gold, where AJ didn't know he could speak. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that whole thing of, I didn't know, what, that's your name, or whatever. It was like, you never asked. It's like, oh, fucking kid! Yeah. <laughs> like, so that was, that was good stuff. But he's... He's a little too cardboard right now. He's just big enforcer guy. And if they can grow that, AJ's a good person to have him paired with. So I see I, he could become a champion if that's what you're really asking. But I don't think it's anytime soon, soon. Yeah, same here. And I think eventually he will become a champion just to solidify him. But I, I could, I, you know, like I, I talked about earlier, it seems like WWE is going back to, on their big man shtick. But I can also see a scenario where he falls into that Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry realm. And I think this they're kind of doing this with um, uh, Braun as well. A guy that you can heat him up when you need to heat him up, and he would be a legitimate contender, depending on whatever the company needs at that particular point in time. But it, it, it's hard to book big men in this day and age because every time you see him out there, you know, with no territories, every time you see him out there, it's the law of diminishing returns. They get a little less special the more and more that they're on television. So it's difficult to book big men nowadays. You know what I mean? And it's not like you could put them the title on them and they have a legitimately long reign with the title because how is it realistic that somebody's going to beat him for the title, you know? So he's a younger – how old is he? Do we know at all? Does anybody know how old he is? Go ahead, Andrew. Why don't you respond and then I'll come back with what I was going to say after I figure out his age. I, you know, I was just about to look into his age as well because that's the beauty of Google. Because he's 27. There we go. There we go. See that? That's how Google works. You type in things and poof. So yeah, there we go. I think he's young enough that you can keep him away from the title picture and keep him undefeated for a good six to ten years and see how hot you can really get the people wanting for him to get a shot at the title or win the title. Andre was undefeated for 14 years, from 73 to 87, I think. Kayfabe. Yeah, that's kayfabe. Well, you want to you wanna make him... He you wanna, lost in Japan. I'm just saying. Chris is completely he, correct. He, he, he lost <laughs> to Jerry Lawler. Well... Who else did he lose to, Andrew, I think he at lost that time? to Jumbo Saruta because he was tagging with Baba at the time. So there were tag well, that, matches that's, well, too. That, that's Japan. Yeah, no, that that's my point. So, yeah, you're right. Like, Japan was – anyway, yes, they could keep the mystique up for a bit. I get what you're getting at. But, shit, what is up with you and, like, these long-term, like, 18-year fucking Oh, wait till we get to like, Roman. Last, oh. year, last week you went – yeah. No, last week you went into that already. If Roman defends, I want to see a two-year reign where he gets Brock next year and then The Rock the year after that. Like, 
What what is up with this long term tunny booking? Like now we have a six year undefeated streak for Omos. Like oh. when Crimson had a fucking like fourteen month undefeated streak in Impact, that was too long for most people. It was that fucking it, no. It was what? it was five years, three hundred sixty four days. It was almost six years. Oh okay, you're well, right. What, <laughs> what I see what you did there. It's it, almost six years. <laughs> But what makes you think in WWE's recent history, and by recent history, I mean the last 10 to 15 years, that they're going to have the patience to have this Melon Farmer go on an eight-year winning streak? What the same the fuck? Because Vince listens. The same reason that Drew McIntyre didn't beat Bobby Lashley. Listen, Matt, listen to what Mag said. I No, I can't do it, Mags, and I'm not going to play Mags like that. Cause Mag was, like, Mags. I was going to try, but I can't. <laughs> Meg said that Vince pulled Drew in and said, you know, we were going to give you a WrestleMania moment, but fuck Tony's booking. You're, you're not going to win tonight. I mean, Meg's also said AJ was mental for picking Randy Orton in your pre-show, and uh, that didn't turn out too well. So do we do we just pick and choose what we pick from Meg's? Is that how that works? Listen, listen, I told you, everybody, that we were all going to lose there, and, and that was true. <laughs> Except AJ. That's the one feather he gets against everybody so far this last week. <laughs> All you need is the one. He exactly. Can the next five years. He will. He will. Maybe that'll yeah. be his undefeated streak, just like Tony yeah. wants to give almost. <laughs> can we give these these beautiful black women their flowers? I didn't want this to be the main event, not because I didn't want them to main event. Number one, I thought it was kind of pandering because mm-hmm. of the climate that we're in. Plus, they didn't really give these women a main event build, but they went out and they delivered a main event caliber match. Was it the greatest match in the history of WrestleMania? Of course not. Was it the greatest women's match? Quite frankly, it might be. I would put it right there. The only one I would put with it was the women's three-way at Mania 32. But these women, they went out, they told a hell of a story, you saw how both of them were caught up in the moment before the match started Mm -hmm. and Sasha brought it back like Bianca was about to start crying and then Sasha slapped the shit out of her to bring her back into the moment so shout out to Sasha she was clearly the ring general you know this night and Triple H even said that he tweeted out general you know referring to Sasha Banks but it was a great star turn it was a great moment in WWE because you know how minorities do in WWE, man. It's kind of a, a slippery slippery slope. But not only to have two minorities out there, but to have two women out there as well. It was a moment. And I enjoyed the match. I really did. And shout out to Bianca. I think this was a star-making moment. I wish Rhea would have had the same thing on night two, but I'm sure we'll get to that momentarily. But yeah, shout out to Bianca and shout out to Sasha for putting her over like a million bucks. No, that works, because when we talked about it last week, my only concern was if Sasha did too much. And honestly, the only thing it looked like she did too much of is with whatever the fuck she did with her hair, because that made no sense. That looked oh fucking terrible. Oh, my God. Was that Thank just me? Because, like, I think that looked no. like street ace. She no. looked like Ursula's, like, ugly fucking cousin with, like, the seafoam fucking green and the blue and whatever no. the fuck. I'm like, what the fuck? Who dresses you? Like, what the like, fuck? Uh, well, the the outfit was cool, but that oh, got that, Her big... outfits are always nice because she's hot. She could pull off most. But that hair was That fucking... goddamn wig. Number one, it started at, like, three-fourths on the back of her head. <laughs> on the, the Jerry Rice 
Oakland Raiders <laughs> corn <laughs> rubble yes. Okay. You right. You right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? And y'all had a 45-minute rain delay. Y'all couldn't fix that shit. And they didn't go out until the main event. Yeah, they nobody, had at least three hours nobody, to fix that. <laughs> nobody looked at that shit and said, you know what? Perhaps we should do something here. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't defend that. Like, I'm usually on the, uh, I'm of the similar opinion that you and Tony Acero are of the S word and that she is one of the, the better aesthetically women in WWE. But whatever the fuck they did with that hair, that they found a good way to make me just go, no, thank you. Go away. <laughs> but she's also one of the best workers in the entire industry. Cause when she's Bianca not overdoing Belair, it, yes. Bianca Belair is green as goose shit, but Sasha <laughs> carried her to a main event worthy match. So you got to give her a prize on oh, that. I know, which she did really well. Like, like I was just leading with the fact that I thought she was going to overdo it in the ring because she's notorious for botching shit but the only thing she botched was her hair dye so like that that's good to know so it was a wig boss it they botched the wig i don't know if it i don't know if they dyed it or if they actually just like it was a was way a they did wig, like a wig boss. kind of wig i don't it, know it was a i'm wig. aware that most of what she wears is a and wig i just don't know it. I do not know the specifics of what the wig... Maybe they just dyed strands of the blue wig or something like that. Who the fuck knows? So, That's why I'm saying the dye job got Basically... Boxed. I don't know by who. WWE hair. has established like the fact <laughs> that WWE and WrestleMania will continue to be two nights. Moving forward, does Good. this mean that a precedent has been set that one night shall be main evented by the women and one night by the men? It shouldn't. It might, but it shouldn't because the last one was two dudes. I'm just asking the question. And I'm here for two-night manias. If that means we don't get work-shift-ass manias every year, because eventually I'm going to go back to one. I'm here for that. Yeah, so I I agree with that completely. Like, three and a half, four-hour snippets, whatever you want to call it, that's much better than having to sit there for seven to eight hours. And Yeah, that's painful. And... It, I think the only precedent this sets is if the work rate or if the build is there, you can validate giving it to the women's division and people can't look at them as the, the piss break kind of moment anymore. Like they used to be when the Divas title was a thing or even before the match that Chris was talking about, the triple threat with, what was it, Sasha, Becky and Charlotte when they re-brought back the, the women's instead of, and they got rid of the Divas. So... Like that—that's when that whole thing kind of started, perspective-wise. And this, if anything, this just solidified the fact that women could put on a match that you want to actually watch, instead of just go get more nachos. So, do we need to take a break before we get to night two, or not? We good? All right. Well, you're listening to Potter's War on the Chairshot Radio Network. Let's take a break. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Chris, that's thechairshot.com, and they host Chairshot Network. You did that to yourself right there. You you did. Remember, you did that. It wasn't me. You did that. Word. <laughs> to your mother? I butt chug salt water all the time. I did that. It was me. I did that. <laughs> God damn it, your bitching and moaning is the reason we didn't start on time. So, okay. Technically, yeah, you it. were the bitching and moaning, and you got in your feelings about not wanting to do stuff. We had to drag you in. I was here. No, no, no. It's the microphone. Actually, I started, that, yeah. I started bitching and moaning because of your bitching and moaning. Jesus Christ. Let's just get back to the show. <laughs> Night two, for fuck's sake. God damn it. <laughs> the domino effect of bitching and moaning and WrestleMania. <laughs> Does anybody give a shit about The Fiend and, and Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss with the shoe polish coming out her head and, and Michael Cole's great call of the box light structure? You mean a box, motherfucker? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was stupid. But Michael I mean, Cole had a shitty weekend, the, didn't he? Yeah, he did. She saved it on the promo afterwards, though. That was creepy and adorable though so even if she looked stupid coming out on mania it was it still worked for her character for after the fact okay so here well, you go where let the... me let me get my shit in for two two minutes chris all right or, or am i gonna step oh, yeah on... that's because you need to shit on or like I... spooky shit so or am i gonna know. step on I, hate halloween. I love halloween <laughs> i've had multiple halloween parties lots of people have had great fun at my halloween parties as dpp chris am i gonna step on what you're gonna say by going through my shit Yeah, go ahead. God damn it, I've been throwing up the goddamn hand for the last 45 seconds to a minute. Say your shit, sir. The hand, I thought I was supposed to stop. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Hand means stop, not talk. The hand and the nod means keep going. Hence the hand, 
and the knot. Talk to the you hand. Know, I don't, the hand. You want me to talk to the knot? He wants me to talk to, to the hand. With you because I don't understand your base stealing signs. I'm sorry, buddy. This would be. <laughs> this is like stop. This is go. I gave you the hand and the knot. Okay, this is swimming away. This is bunt. Like, what are we doing now? Okay, Bray, Tony, so we can get back on track a little bit. Bray Wyatt, physically, like, that's the best he's been in a long time, right? And I've criticized Pizza the Hut to the one millionth percentile. I was hoping it was, I was hoping it was Bo Dallas so we could have a little bit of different weird storyline. But you culminated this whole line of horse shit with the Randy Orton KO going back to being Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss basically breaking away like they just this is how you paid this off horrible they painted themselves into a corner there was no good to paint this or to pay this and off. it was there, it, there was it was shoot paint it wasn't the working paint either Miz grabbed the working paint and the only paint they had left was shoot paint and they thought they had the working paint and then they got into the goddamn corner and that's a pretty good goddamn analogy for this whole fucking storyline so Alexa had shoot, shoot paint it wasn't working paint yes that, black, that was shoot black shit not working yeah. black shit that came out of her yeah. No, because Roddy Piper did that a while back, and they took it off a of peacock. So we're not allowed to do that anymore. Oh. Can I say that? Can I say that's what happens when you get backed up and blow one too many smoke demons from Game of Thrones? There's so many things I could say when we talk about that was Alexa bad. Bliss. And that was bad. I'm gonna have to black own that one. Hopefully, no one listens. Roddy Piper Black and oh, but go ahead, Andrew. Say some, say some words. No, I I said most of the words so far because I. I didn't hate it, because I think when we were talking about it last week, you know, Orton, I didn't think Orton was as much of a slam dunk to lose like you guys did, which is why I was glad that AJ played devil's advocate in the pre-show and, you know, got got his win. But it, it's, it's dumb, but it's with Randy, and it was with Alexa, and, like, they know how to talk. They know how to work the situation to at least be intriguing or charming in a way. And that's why I was bringing up how Alexa turned it later, makes you kind of think that they, they, they're they using Alexa almost in the heel way to babyface Bray and I don't know if the Fiend is gone for a while so the Fiend is now going to be Alexa's new friend whatever the Lily thing is and Bray is just going to do the Mr. Rogers character for a minute in like babyface form so that could be a way to try to cool off Bray and then reheat the Fiend or something like that without needing to actually set him on fire but if, if anything with Alexa is usually money to even the hardcore IWC who want to complain about work rate, like, you put a pretty girl in the, the situation, people are going to pay attention. The Fiend's done, man. And this is why I thought he was going to win. And maybe it was more wishful thinking or hopeful thinking. WWE, you have now killed off two Bray Wyatt characters. Period. And I was hoping that they saw some money in this guy, because we all do. But The Fiend is just the same Bray Wyatt character. He talks a good game. He talks cash money shit. And quite frankly, he's one of the best on the mic in the entire industry. But when it gets down to the get down, he gonna get his ass whooped. And it takes away from the character, because, yes, matches don't matter, but wins and losses do. So you can't continue to talk your shit 
and then we know when it comes down to it, you're going to lose. So they have officially killed off two consecutive Bray Wyatt characters, and it's not fair to the guy. It's not fair to Bray. It's not. My, my argument there is because of the supernatural bullshit they're playing with. Like, you know, Alexa's whole defense for it was, well, the, the little girl learned how to use the darkness and yada, 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 and used it against the darkness or some shit like that. So this isn't him losing clean after dominating a few Decina or Daniel Bryan or anything like that that used to happen with, you know, old school Bray Wyatt. This was, you know, magical bullshit that you can almost write off as lost because of interference to logic it through wrestling and that's usually not seen as a death knell you know what I mean like if somebody comes out you get distracted by the music or somebody distracts you on the ringside and then that's why you get rolled up or you fall into a finisher and then you lose you've got the out of saying well if so and so wasn't there I wouldn't have lost and the logic still exists there's still that logic here. Yes, there's also the fact that he's Bray Wyatt and we're just going to expect him to lose because his name is Bray Wyatt. But they could do whatever they want with him, especially because I think they found something they liked when they did the uh, that fucking swamp match with him and Braun is that it, it wasn't bad. You know, it was it was interesting. It wasn't as good as Taker. It wasn't as good as certain other things. Like, even the AEW was Sting and Darby. I liked that one a lot. But it, it wasn't terrible. So they found a way for him to work. They just need to use him selectively, and maybe that's just what they do. Maybe Fiend turns into Bray's demon, because we haven't seen Finn Balor's demon in a hot minute, so maybe they're cooling off the Fiend, and they're just going to need something to pull it back out of Bray. And what you're saying is probably what they're thinking, but it's not going to work. And this is why the supernatural shit worked with Undertaker, because Undertaker was beating everybody's ass. So you throw some supernatural razzle-dazzle shit in there. Okay, that's how we got to beat this Mellon Farmer, because he's unbeatable. So it makes sense. And it yeah, makes that's sense. why I like Undertaker, Bray Andrew. Wyatt. Suck it. Bray Wyatt been getting his ass beat the entire time he been on the main roster. Even if we go back to Husky Harris getting kicked in the head by Randy Orton. They, they fucked this guy up. It just is what it is. And I'm sure he's not mad. He got what? He got what? Two kids, one on the way. He's making his money. It's he's just... got JoJo too, so that's a that's a plus. And good for him, which I lets just... you know how much game and how great this motherfucker is on the mic. That you're you're further proving my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But so... all right, but whatever, man, because this is literally just the first. Yeah, we talked way more about this than anybody else probably wanted to or would because it it was a joke of a match. It kind of could spit into something cool. Alexa's being utilized. I'm there for that, and we'll see where it goes, but Bray is still a joke because he's Bray, and until that changes, that's how we're going to see him. I understand your point. So, I don't know. From there on, let's go to uh, Rhea and Asuka since you seem to not be as blown away, which it wasn't as good of a match as you know, Sasha and Bianca. But do you think it at least did enough to solidify her as a threat on the main roster? It it did. I think it made her. You know what I mean? And that what was what it was designed to do. But as a match, can considering the two combatants, I was disappointed. I was underwhelmed. I expected something a little more. The rematch. Not a bad match. I just expected some more. The rematch was worse on Raw. I mean, I, I don't know. Is Rhea afraid of the big well, moment? Yeah. I mean, it was not. I I didn't think it was great. 
Well, I, I mean, mean the, the big it's winner. It's also a Raw match, though. So no, I didn't well, think I mean, either of them. I didn't think WrestleMania was that great either. I think no, it was one of the fair, though, one of the worser matches on both nights. Sorry, Chris. Sorry. That's all right. I was just gonna say the big winner on Raw was Charlotte Flair's legs. I mean, Grace is his ghost. That outfit she came out in. Ooh, wee. You want to know why I think Charlotte Flair wasn't involved in WrestleMania? Because I think they wanted to get Rhea Ripley over, and Rhea Ripley is not anywhere near as tall as Charlotte, and Charlotte would have made her look smaller, and they didn't want to do that. Rhea's 5'8", Charlotte's like 5'11". Well, That's yeah, what... but Rhea just wears like the platform combat boot type things, which yeah, kind of helps to elevate her size a little bit. Yeah, but she's not a small woman, and her character makes her seem bigger than she is. Yeah, she makes up for the lack of vertical height just by being intimidating and, you know, strong and built. So it works out fine for Rhea. But I don't know. I kind of also like the lack of Charlotte just because nobody could complain that it was Charlotte getting an unnecessary, you know, championship attempt or winning or whatever. And it's favoritism and it's nepotism. And well, yeah, this this mania makes PC shut the fuck up because he's the guy that's so mad that everybody has to be on mania. We had no Bailey, no Charlotte, no Bailey Shinsuke. Bailey was on there. Bailey was oh, on there no, in a different. No, no. She was on the no, show constantly. No, no. She got a check. No. no. You telling me she didn't get a check? You saying she did that for free? Pro bono? I, she clearly what didn't go pro Sunny Bono, motherfucker. But I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you're right. She did not hit a tree. We are accurate on that one. I agree with you. Well, there. we don't know. Rob Van Dam was back there with his rolling papers, so we don't know that. No, I, th I think him and Riddle hit the trees enough for anybody else. <laughs> Which, speaking of Riddle, man, what did you you guys think about that match? I thought it was I thought it was good. It was physical. They beat the shit out of each other, and I feel like that U.S. title win was Sheamus's reward because he was initially going to be yeah. in a title match versus McIntyre, and they were rewarding him for the good work he's been doing the past six months. I feel like it was okay, but it's just going to live on because of the bro kick moonsault. Like, they, they got themselves a highlight reel spot on that one, so even though the match is generally forgettable, like it wasn't terrible, it wasn't offensive, but it wasn't anything special, it it's going to live on because of that spot. Enjoy. Well, I don't have time to argue with you, but go ahead, Tenny. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy Seamus while you can. We know. Man, he was supposed to be gone like six years ago, man. Because his neck. Mm hmm. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah, who knows? We'll see. Edge uh, was what else? for 11 years, came back, you know, Daniel Bryan. We'll talk about that in a minute, I guess. But shit happens. You never know. Yeah, I just I wanted to touch on uh before we get to that because as far as I'm concerned that was the match of the weekend but really? okay. KO, Sami Zayn, this was another one which I was disappointed in. It wasn't a bad match. I just expected more from these two, considering their history and everything they've been through. And I felt I, I have to feel like this was their moment like everything that their careers have been working up to to this particular point in time I feel like this was it this was the crescendo wasn't a bad match I'm glad Logan Paul's bitch ass took the stunner at the end but I felt like it just wasn't what I expected it to be yeah you're right it wasn't 
It was it was like AJ Shinsuke where it was like a decent but watered down match and it wasn't what people expected and I think I think that's also just to tie back to the last topic of that was the beauty of the the Cesaro Seth match is that that was what people expected that's what people wanted like between work rate between stuff that happened between the finish like that was the ROH match in WWE that the IWC wanted whereas every time else we get a outside of WWE rematch, you know, they turn it into, this is okay, this is gimmicked, it turns into, like, four uppercuts to the dick, or, you know, shit like that, so, it was, it, it was okay, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, but like I said, that's, I think that helps to validate Cesaro, Seth, a little more from night one. So, is there anything I'm missing before we get to the main event? I don't think it is, it might be, I've been drinking, please forgive me. Well, I know there's nothing else Apollo you want to Big talk e. about, Andrew. Apollo Big E. Apollo Big E. The right guy went over. That match wasn't horrible. I didn't understand the Nigerian drum concept. It was basically just a street fight, and there yep. was a drum there. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, you're, but, you're not wrong. But shout out to to uh, to uh, what's his name? No, no, no. What's his name? Uh, Yapik Koto, making his WrestleMania debut. That's fine. Nobody, I'm, 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 I'm mispronouncing his name on purpose. The only problem is nobody is going to catch the reference. Maybe Dave, if he listens, he might catch the reference to Yapi Koto, but that's probably about it. I'm glad. I'm glad the reference is for like one person. You know, I'm, I'm proud of you for that one. But uh, maybe, who knows? Maybe that's what you should do. You should just tell the listeners if anybody else understands the reference, tweet you. Or tweet the his or Twitter, and then let us know that you paid attention. And you get your references sometimes, because at least there's somebody for you. That's what I'm saying. Fuck you, you son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm playing homage to my late stepfather because his favorite actor was Yapi Koto. That's the reference. You ever seen no, Alien? That, that was you, his you favorite actor. Alien? Yes. You ever seen Alien? The yes. black guy in Alien. That's Yapi Koto. That was your your stepfather's favorite actor. Yeah. No if shit. you grew up okay. in the 70s and he'd be in all the, the black exploitation films and he was too good for those films, he was a damn good actor. Fair enough. All right. But I, you would, I don't you would have know him. breadth of knowledge, but yeah, aliens but, I do know. Yeah, you would know him as the black guy in Alien. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I get you. But yeah. So uh, we talked about Bad Bunny. We talked about that thing. Hmm. I think I think we got the triple threat left. I think that's really the last thing that we have to talk about, topic worthy wise. So why are you so lukewarm on this triple threat? I thought this was the match of the weekend. Number one, everything that involves Roman, it just seems like a bigger deal, and I felt like it was palatable in the arena as well. I was also shocked that they actually booed him. Good, good for them that they actually booed him. I mean, they've been booing him for years. I thought they would cheer him because, mm-hmm. you know, his character has been so awesome. But the fact that they booed him, that just made it every, even better. And he is the straw that stirs the drink in WWE. And by lukewarm on the match, because I think I think I rated that fairly decently. But I was just lukewarm on your assessment of it being the match of the weekend. Because are you, are you, do you mean from the Mania perspective or all things wwe or that you've watched let's put it that way you going cole o'reilly aren't you no i'm going walter champa walter champa was good 
that that match of the week for me. I You're allowed to think better. differently. Go for it. That's fine. But that you that's that's say. where that, that hey, it's the whole premise of the show. But Thank you. you know. <laughs> But, but I mean, the point I'm getting at is that was my reaction that you got. It wasn't that I thought it was a bad match. And even though I do agree with AJ's review where having two people with neck issues headbutt each other during the, the submission spot was pretty fucking dumb, and that's kind of hard to palate. But aside from that, it was, it was a good match. <laughs> I think the funniest thing that I saw from people in the IWC is they're complaining that... Roman dragging Edge's basically dead body on top of Brian should have counted as a pin for Edge and that somehow it doesn't count that it's a double pin because that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard because in every promotion it's referee's discretion and there usually, usually has to be an active pin so even when outside interference comes in hits a finish and then drags their friend over normally it's not a dead body you know what I mean and in the couple occasions it is, the referee decides to count the pin when he wants to decide to count the pin. We've seen it in multiple different promotions where they'll wave off a pinfall for whatever reason. Be like, no, that doesn't count. So I think that is the dumbest thing people are hinging on a, a logic loophole with. Which No, Edge should have won because he pinned him first. No, fuck stupid. Fuck you. Go away. I actually brought this up Monday morning on Chairshot Radio just as a kind of a throw-in to talking about this. But if you go back and look at it, I, I haven't because I don't necessarily. I, I just want to see how they're going to do it on Friday. I think Edge's shoulders were down as well, so it doesn't matter. So, number one, I too, Andrew, was uncomfortable with the headbutt spot, considering who was doing the headbutts. I, I, that was, it, it was a cool visual, but it, 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 it was cringy to me. It, it was uncomfortable. Number two, Fuck the IW. <laughs> Seriously. Like, that's what we're doing here. You clearly get the story they were telling. It was Roman vanquishing two Hall of Fame caliber wrestlers. I think one might even be it, but two superstars and moving on Say it right. to the next shit. Say what? it right. Listen, there's, one there's of one them. One superstar and the other one is what, Chris? Uh,. The rated R superstar, is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, but how do, how, how do you say it? How are you supposed to say it? How am I supposed to say it, sir? Tani, you want to do it? The rated R superstar! <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that was clearly Roman moving on from both of these motherfuckers. Honestly, wait, wait, wait. I got something really good, actually. Other, I'm but... sorry. I know you, you're going to get into it. I was almost done! God I know. Damn it. That's fine. <laughs> You get more. Done you get more. What the fuck I was saying? Yeah, but, but I'm it, done now. But maybe you cut me off before I was done. But this now I'm is done. this is gonna be good though. I think you're gonna enjoy this. No, no, I need you to listen. It's not. It's not. It's not. I need you to get rid of your Nothing hatred and listen. No, this is gonna be good. Nothing. This is gonna be good. What if the next time I wake up in the middle of the night from wind chimes, and I go outside and I just start announcing Edge to the ring, just in the middle of the street. Right in the middle of the night. What do you think would happen? I think I'm going to say go fuck yourself because that was horrible. I don't know. It's, it's Milwaukee. You live in a different area than we probably do. So I'm like, if it was me, I'd get shot. You, I don't know. What do they say? Please be quiet. Throw some cheese at you. I don't know. What, what are you going to do? 
I don't know. You live there. What would they do? <laughs> I don't know. Neighbors would probably get mad and call the cops on me. That was if that's the worst you got to deal with, then you're fine. <laughs> that was horrible. Come on now. I can't believe you. You. No. <laughs> Shout out to WWE. We had nine consecutive <laughs> days of WWE content. They nailed it. They hit it out the park. It was great to see fans there. You could tell that it was great for the superstars themselves to see fans there, and everybody kind of turned it up a notch. And WrestleMania weekend, they knocked it out the park. I got to give it a Siskel and Ebert thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Like the Fonz. Get them both up there. Hey. Hey. It wasn't bad. I, I I can't shit on it at all either, personally. Granted, night one was better than two. But I'm I'm not gonna eat its lunch for that. Of course, yeah. Night one was clearly superior, but night two had the match of the weekend, in my particular opinion. And shout out to Roman Reigns, man. He is the tribal chief. He is the head of the table, and he deserves that. Tony, what was your match of the week then for the WWE umbrella? Or are you saving that for DWI? Ella, Uh, Ella, a a. Hey, no, you want to interrupt me with nonsensical <laughs> shit. Ella, I was Ella, with it. Ella, eh, 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 eh. Oh, keep going. Or you could answer the question. Oh. Now we gotta. Now we gotta pull them. What the plan is cooking? We gotta pull back the curtain. He feels like the Rock because he's holding his mic this week. He's going Dave Ongar this week. Yeah, it's either The Rock or Mr. Anderson. I could definitely see him doing that, too. Now he looks constipated. (laughs) How long till Amber comes in? (laughs) Yeah, I'm waiting for Amber to bust through the door and just, like, throw a pillow at his head or something like that. That'd be fucking hilarious. Like, but no, Tony. Seriously, what what's what's your match? I'm gonna save it for topic five. Okay, that works for me. So, Chris, why don't you Should wrap we up? Go to four, then? Well, Chris, any last thoughts on 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 WrestleMania before we go to topic three? Yeah, I wrapped it up previously, and y'all decided to keep going, but. Shout out to WWE. It was a great weekend, and I can't wait to get back to a space where I can actually go to a mania. You know, most people don't complain about when you wrap it up and they keep going, though. You know what I mean? That's funny. (laughs) Yo, 39, L.A. We need to – that needs to be the event where all of us chair shot brethren actually meet each other in person. I mean, Dave and I have met, but that's it. We need to all make that trip. And, Andrew, you can't be mad. It's fucking Los Angeles. You can't even be mad. You ain't even got to go to the show. Just come out to L.A. We got to do Vegas. We got to do Vegas. Vegas before then. Vegas before then. There's no Vegas media before then, you sons of bitches. Topic three. Fuck you both. Why do we have to go to 
Anyway, we'll wrap it up. No, no, no. That's a good way to wrap it. Just go to topic three. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Make sure you're heading on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot as well. Thanks for tuning in to Pod is War this week. Thanks for listening to everything on the Chairshot Radio Network. Chairshot Radio every morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, right there on thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, topic number three. A legend lost in a retirement match. And, Andrew, I know you covered the event, and we've all been big fans of jazz. Is this... Obviously, it's the end for her with Impact, but is this the end for her overall as well? That's a really awesome question. Honestly, not not to toot your horn or put you over too much, but she was supposed to retire, what, late last year, I think? And that was after the whole issue, personal issue she had where she had to drop the, the NWA World Women's Championship before kind of power really kicked off, which is why, you know, like Sienna or, yeah, had it and then Rosa won it off of her for like what two years ago or however that was and then I thought Jazz was just going to hang it up then apparently the story they're going with and possibly the real thing because I haven't spoken to Jazz to find out the the truth through the kayfabe was that Jordan Grace just kind of asked her to help her out for the, the knockouts tag tournament they had and Jazz decided to stick on a little longer so it was a solid run like you know she had good matches against somebody like you know jordan grace and diana Parazzo's really good and you know i think she had a, a little bit of interaction with taya valkyrie when she was still there who just recently made her nxt debut and you know rosemary had a little bit of back and forth for her so jazz jazz got to lock horns with a couple of the younger generation she still looked good she still put on a damn good match and i would assume that she's probably retiring but it's wrestling so you can only take the retirement so seriously if she wanted to come out of it could she yeah she's young enough she's in good shape she still puts on a solid match but i guess for the the topic this is probably a legit retirement angle but how long that stays legit is up to her I'm kind of with you Andrew I thought she had retired 2 3 years ago because she had cancer but Whatever, she's doing better, and, you know, that's more important than anything else. Like you said, it's wrestling, so stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Who is ever really retired? You know, it just depends on, you know, when the next paycheck is coming, brother. But shout out to Jazz. She's a, a whole-ass legend in these streets. And to be fair, I tend to over-regard black talent in this industry just because I know what they go through and I know how racist this industry is and a lot of them didn't get a fair shake for you know situations and circumstances but I mean former ECW champion former WWE Divas champion like she's a whole legend out here in these streets man so if this is her swan song shout out to her did she hold the Divas or was it when WWF became E and she was the women's champion on the flip side when they changed the letter? All I know is during Mania Madness, I watched a three-way between her, Lita, and Trish for a championship belt that regarded That's women, the women's. And she won the motherfucker. That was the women's I think that was the women's, but... Really? Y'all gonna eat my lunch about that? Fuck you. 
No, just clarifying. You've been pedantic and petty about worse, so like, don't act like we're just taking this like out of nowhere. Okay, that's fair. I, all <laughs> I, that's fair. All I was trying to do was give Jazz her props as a performer. That's all. It and no, this truly is her swan song. Yeah, that's all. No, and Jazz came up in a rough time just for women's wrestling in general because you mentioned it with the Trish Lita thing like Trish and Lita get looked at as the two that kind of started to turn the perspective but compared to the women we have now or the women that were making it big in the 90s and early 2000s in Japan it, it didn't eat, add up the same way and you know but without them we wouldn't have the what the little the, in between times of like the Victoria, the the Gail Kim, and then now you look at like the Diana Parazzos, the the Flares, the Sasha, Bianca, all them. So the fact that they could still go, the fact that they were still good at a time when bra and panties matches and mud wrestling matches and evening gown matches were still very much popular and very much something that the women had to go through, that that says a bit. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ, we got to keep it strictly to this continent, man, because you talk about some of the matches that the women were having over in Japan in the 90s. Like, oh, yeah. they hold up till to this day on Correct. the Deontay yeah, Wilder side of the game. Like, oh, we yeah. can't even... That's like apples and orangutans. We can't even compare it. That's You're not right. even fair. No, I, I agree with you completely. Like, they, that was a different breed. They hit as hard as the men, if not harder. Because some of the bumps they took were crazy. Like... You're surprised that anybody had a neck afterwards or that more didn't have, uh, you know, mortality issues, if you get what I'm saying. But, yeah, but, yeah, um, to tie it all back together. Yeah, Jazz, Jazz had a good career. It was nice to see her mix it up with the newer generation. None of the, the women, the knockouts, in impact or pushovers, really. So it's not like it was a joke. It's not like it was something people actually looked at as something less than aside from the fact that it was impact but people still regard the knockouts highly even if it's the impact knockouts so i'll, I'll give her credit there like it, she did good she put the right people over and it was it was a solid retirement match hey man shout out to jazz man black wrestlers hell even black wrestling content creators you just had to get yourself over a little bit didn't you isn't that the whole point? Fair enough. Can't argue with you there. Anything else besides the Jazz retirement that of Impact on Impact uh, and their latest pay-per-view? Well, hardcore Justice, right? It was Hardcore Justice, and it was it was amusing because Dreamer booked it, and Dreamer kind of did a bunch of goofy ECW references, goofy former references, like. Uh, they had a crate match where they called the crate American bash. And uh, instead of war games, it was like blind games. And they had the, the mystery partner kind of match. And uh, it, it was it was gimmicky, but it got itself over. And like Matt Cardona slid in a, a crate of action figures to Jake something to hit Brian Myers with it to win the blindfold match, essentially just to try to make sure Cardona could get the match against Myers for Rebellion. But it, it was it was a stopgap. It's a B it's a B pay-per-view, that's why it's an impact special. And it was it was fun for what it was, but you knew it wasn't gonna be something crazy. So this isn't the one where Sid Vicious Perm Hair McIntyre defeated Rich Homie Swan for the belt, right? No, that's Rebellion. That's n later this 
Yeah, that's the what, 28th, 29th, something like that. Oh, joy. I mean, we yeah, we all see the writing on the wall. Like, you know, at least I think this one, you know, just helped to set things up. Because the impact before that is when the uh, Rich Homie Swan got the, the pin on uh, Carl Anderson. Because it was the six-man. To kind of give the momentum to impact. Because you know that the eventual loss is happening. So, we'll see. Cool. The savior of the wrestling industry. Cool. I mean, you, last Kenny. week... Last week you were happy at the fact that they're starting to turn on that shit too. The IWC starting to kind of call the bullshit and see the forest through the trees finally, you know. So they're getting there. They get yeah, there. they're they're getting there, but like it's taking a while, and we'll see, we'll see. Don Callis is amusing in his heel role until Kenny gets involved, and then it becomes fucking awful. But Callis is yeah. still good. Callis has been great. He's the only thing holding this shit together. But then when Kenny has to say words and he comes out there looking like a goddamn dork. Y'all remember the time where these guys seemed cool? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do mean wrestlers cool. or do we mean Kenny Omega? No, no, no. Kenny's never been cool. I'm talking about That's wrestlers. That's my point. All right, just making sure we're on the same page there. Because if you could tell me when he was cool, then I'd please ask for like a link to that video. Speaking of videos, have you ever seen the shit on YouTube where he was in this indie video? I think it only lasts like six or seven minutes and everybody's just getting slapped. Uh, it sounds familiar, but I've seen a lot of weird indie videos with Kenny Omega in it. No, that's a real thing. It was some indie director or whatever up in Canada. And it's literally just a, a video, and it lasts about six or seven minutes. And these melon farmers are just getting slapped the whole time. And I think Kenny's there. Maybe he has a shirt on. Maybe he doesn't. But he's one of the melon farmers that's getting slapped. I'm going to have to find this then because I haven't seen yeah. it. But it sounds it, funny. It's a thing, man. I, I, I don't remember what it was called. But if you YouTube Kenny Omega slapped, perhaps it'll come up. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't want to YouTube too many weird things. You never know what might pop up. That, Shirtless Kenny Omega getting up. beat on. Oh. <laughs> What'll pop up is a virus on your computer, but he even uses his shoot name in this. No way. Yeah. This before he was wrestling, I believe. But yeah, look it up. He's just getting slapped. It's, it's some weird shit, man. It's Fair. some weird shit. You know, I don't know if he's ever had a girlfriend. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, we know he's had a boyfriend, so there's that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, and he was wrong a with very handsome man. And he was a beautiful man. Good for you, Kenny. I didn't think you could pull Still not a top guy, like but, you know, Ibushi is a beautiful man. I give you that one. Yeah. Not his fault. It's not a top. He's not his fault. He's not a top guy. Blame Ghetto. Moving oh. on. Oh, so somehow we're supposed to not blame Roman for the reason why he wasn't over for five years, but now we're blaming Ghetto for Ibushi. All right. All right. Irony. Roman was always over, sir. When was Roman not over? Just because he didn't get the reaction that they wanted him to get, that doesn't mean he wasn't over. I'm not disagreeing with you and the logic there. I'm just disagreeing with the perception that most people had. And that's kind of what, what gets run with. The IWC. Remember who we talked to? How do we know Abushi? How do we know Abushi wasn't over, man? They ain't had fans since 2015. In the fans for the last nine months, motherfucker. Where you been? Twenty-five people does not count 
a fan base, sir. Okay, you can't have 25 people in the goddamn building and say it's a fan base. No. Don't come at ROH like that. <laughs> let's move. Let's move on. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, speaking of TheChairShot.com and always using your head, Andrew Belaz does a great job not only covering Impact, but also New Japan and All Japan. And All Japan is in the midst of their champion carnival. Can you fill us in on what's going on? Are we, what are we, day three or four here as we speak? As we speak, three days have concluded. They don't do it quite as frequently as like the G1 does, but that they had three days that were pretty pretty close the next day is the 17th and it's just like the g1 it's a round robin tournament we probably talked about it at least once before on this show and the difference is is that it's a single block instead of two blocks because there's only 10 people in the tournament so everybody gets nine matches round robin style and currently it's kind of a log jam like everybody's one and two or two and one except one person and that happens to be Zeus is sitting there at 3-0. and He went undefeated last year, won the carnival, lost his championship attempt, challenge, whatever you want to call it, and he started off 3-0 and now. So he hasn't lost a carnival match since 2019. So that that's kind of a fun story that they're probably going to run with for whoever does eventually beat him because I can't see him going 9-0. and Oh no! That was like that was like a whole like two minutes, and you fell asleep already. Were you worn out by the WWE stuff? Is that what it was? Like a hot two hours. <laughs> well, the the racist Americans don't give a shit about a Japanese carnival, and the sensible Japanese aren't going to allow stupid Americans over into their country to attend a Japanese carnival. That's a so. lie. They allow them to come in until they fuck everything up, and then they hate you. Well, that's they why they're not allowing us to come in right for a half now. Second. They give you benefit well, of a doubt for a little bit. Well, that's why they're not allowing us to come in right now, because we fuck everything up. Oh, well, that's true. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about over there. I'm not talking about over here. Oh, I know. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Nobody's letting us go anywhere right now, because we've been fucking shit up. I mean, we've been fucking shit up for years, though. I'm surprised we were ever able to go outside of the country. Well, uh, yeah, we've been fucking shit up for years, but we, we, you know, we had the military might. Now it's a pandemic, and nobody's fucking with us. But that's we had money. We we, we we had money and military. Now the money ain't shit. We still got the military, but ain't nobody trying to go to war during a goddamn pandemic. <laughs> kind of ironic. <laughs> Surprised nobody's tried it yet. Like, <laughs> I guess it's hard to take people by surprise when everybody's home, though. I guess that's a problem. Uh, Wait, what uh, are you doing? How do you know we're all uh, at our television watching the news? Shit. <laughs> like, you try to invade another country and it comes across their wire that there's been an influx of 35,000 masks being sold in the last 72 hours. Like, <laughs> I think they could pick up on uh, what's about to happen, man. That's a fair point. I hope that comes across funny because I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny too. But I just I figured I'd throw in the, the All Japan talk only because I wasn't even you supposed to. Don't say. To, no, I wasn't even supposed to do it. 
I'm I'm going with full Dante from Clerks. Like I wasn't even supposed to be here today, because if if uh, my good old buddy Matthew and his fucking laptop didn't blow the fuck up last week, I wouldn't have gotten one of those nice texts to go. Oh yeah, what are we doing with this? I'm like, what? What do you mean we doing, buddy? And he's just like, oh yeah, my laptop is still shit. I'm like, oh there we go. So see, as as much as you want to get on, I made time for that. I made time to get that done because I'm dedicated to getting product out there, product that you know maybe doesn't get appreciated as much. And it's nice to you. You you always talk about giving people their flowers. Well, all Japan deserves a little bit of flowers. Like they've been around just as long as New Japan. They've been in some tough times for the last uh, fifteen years. Twenty roughly. years. Fifteen, something like that. You know, somewhere between that. Ever since Misawa took like most of the roster off to go make Noah, all Japan's been struggling for a bit. But like, it doesn't mean that the the, the product is garbage. Shout out to Matthew, by the way, a.k.a. Patient Zero of Coronavirus here <laughs> in the United States of America. He brought that from Japan. That was their whole reason they don't like us. See, that's, see, that's yeah. how they got back at us there. Yeah. <laughs> way to go, Matthew. Way to shut the whole goddamn world down, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's his fault. That's fantastic. I couldn't watch Mania because I was covering that. <laughs> And you just you shut the whole world down because you'd had to go over to Japan and bring it back. <laughs> Fucking Matthew. God damn. Way, way to go, Matthew. Way to go, guy. Hey, man. <laughs> hey. Thumbs up. Virtual thumbs up, guy. Yep. And, hey, you're the reason, I, you're the reason I gained an extra 15 pounds in my gut. Thank you. Fuck you very much. But let's also remember when MLW was kind of a new hot thing, you were pushing that shit like... Like, no tomorrow. It's not my fault you haven't quite had the time to catch up on it when I come back. So, you you got your own little things you like to try to sneak in there when you feel uh, motivated to do so. It's still really good, man. It just sucks that nobody gives a shit. And Matthew, I'm just fucking with you, by the way, man, seriously. <laughs> but it sucks because they're still doing really good business, man, but nobody cares. Don't let me get back on that rant again. Fine, and I agree with you because that's part of my issue too. When we have some of the pre-production meetings, is that like I am less than enthused by every product of everything, not just WWE. So it's it's in a weird you, spot. Hey everybody, come listen to Pot Is War. We don't give a shit about wrestling anymore. You guys are so good at doing your job right now, Andrew. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You want to you want pull back the curtain? You want pull back the curtain? Get a new cooking show like we wanted to. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been over this. <laughs> I try. I try. And everybody knows. I'm 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 gonna pull back the curve for real. I love Andrew. He's a friend. He's my brother. I love him. We have conversations outside of wrestling. If I'm going through some shit, Andrew will reach out to me. Hey buddy, what's going on? If he's going through some shit. I reach out to Andrew like, hey, bro, you okay? What's good? You know, everything all right? We're friends. We're brothers. I love this guy. Seriously, that's a shoot. But I get pissed off sometimes because it's a wrestling podcast, which by the definition of a wrestling goddamn podcast means it's going to be WWE-centric. That's just the nature of the beast. And this melon farmer refuses to watch any WWE. Like, I know it'd be hard some weeks. I have my struggles. 
Everybody heard my rant a couple of weeks ago, but goddamn, it's a wrestling podcast. We're going to talk WWE. You can't be bothered to watch a show every now and again, sir. All right, let's assess this then. I do watch a show every now and then, but we have Mitchell who does great coverage. We've got AJ who gets a bunch of coverage in there. There's 9 billion other sites that cover it. They have highlights on fucking YouTube. I don't need to dedicate three hours of my life to watching a show that is going to be 80% trash just for things to talk about. When the beauty of the IWC is the fact that whatever they're most pissed off about, most pissed off about, is what I want to look into anyway, because it probably doesn't suck, but they're just too stupid to figure it the fuck out. And then, as you saw from our whole fucking two hours of mania, which I cherry-picked through for the top, top five and didn't watch it, sit down and watch it straight through, I could still talk about it because there's enough coverage on it. So... My contention or my rebuttal to that is that it is WWE-centric. We had three topics that were WWE. We had a topic about Jazz, who was former WWE, which is where she got most of her notoriety. And then I ended it with Carnival Talk. I'm sorry you hate Funnel Cake, you curmudgeon son of a fuck. All right? That's where we're at with this. <laughs> I'm the curmudgeon. Out of the two of us, I'm the curmudgeon. Word? All right, between the two of us, I don't think either of us hold a candle to Patrick, but he's not even on the show right now, so I guess we can't really bring him up because, good God, he brings curmudgeon to a whole new definition. <laughs> Odell? Yes. Really? You, you Have you read his movie reviews? He is the German judge left and right about everything of life. Like, you'd be like, I thought it was good. He'd be like, it was subpar. I gave it a 1.7 out of 6. Because, you see, what it did is it did not enlighten me. It did not captivate my heart. The art, it was totally off. I did not understand the color palette or the contrast. I hated everything about the lighting, but I liked the dog. The dog was a German shepherd. It was very good. It, it was the best actor in the whole movie. That's him. We're not even that bad. And we have fucking tried sometimes. So... What the contention is, is when we have a five-topic show and three and a half, if we want to count jazz as a half of WWE kind of topic, no, are not. dedicated to WWE, or just three then. That's still the, mo the, still the majority. That's 60%. So we're still talking mostly about what you want to talk about. <laughs> I want a tiny morsel. I want, I, I want an appetizer. I don't even need an entree. Give me like three leaves of salad and like a mozzarella stick of something that I'm interested in and I'm fine. You're over there fucking, like fucking having a whole fucking day on steak and chicken and then you're mad that I took a mozzarella stick. That's what the fuck you is. You're just being a Do you get pissed off at Amber when she asks to like borrow some fries? Go or ahead, you're just like, man. Yeah, no, 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 hold on. I'll defend that one. I'll defend that one. Order your own fucking fries if you want fries. Hey, fuck you! Okay? <laughs> Bro, we, we had nine consecutive days of WWE content, and most of it was damn good. Like, we didn't even get a chance to talk about NXT during this show. And you want to bring up a Japanese carnival when nobody's doing cruises. Carnival Cruises ain't even a thing right now, but you want to bring up so, a okay. Japanese carnival. It's not an 
I'm going to continue to talk and moderate, and I don't care if you keep talking or not, because I edit this show, and I'm going to play a clip here. (laughs) And there's the real curtain pullback, BTW, who's really in charge. We're going to talk about NXT right now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Topic number five is the Cruiserweight title. And I thought it was the best match of the week. We're on like seven fucking topics here. But if he wants to count it as five, that's fine. Okay, cool. Listen, when it goes up on the website, it's going to have five different topics. And I already got them written down. So don't (laughs) fuck with me, okay? Once again, editor. Not Skeletor. Editor. Shout out to Milwaukee's second best. <laughs> okay, good for, good for you guys. Way to go. Glad you're both happy and smiling right now. But I I'm think... I'm not nice. I'm E.C. Tunney, Skeletor. <laughs> Jordan Devlin. The match between Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar was the best match, in my opinion, from TakeOver. And we already have a brand new unified cruiserweight champion in Kushida who had a hell of a match himself he's had a hell of a couple of last matches himself what do you guys what do they got to do to make this cruiserweight belt relevant I mean we talk about shopping out talent and working with other companies what if this was the one aspect WWE actually worked with other companies in where the cruiserweight belt it's it's dead here no one gives a shit so why not work with New Japan or work with AEW or work with Impact or work with somebody else and and just in the cruiserweight division. They've already proven Chris Jericho coming on Broken Skull Session. They're not nobody nobody's competition. We've talked about this. It's a different level, right? But why not make wrestling better? Wrestling is better when there's more options. What can we do with the cruiserweight championship and what are your thoughts on that ladder match that Devlin and Escobar had? And Kushida being the new champion already. Nothing. There's nothing they can do. It's been proven. WWE just does not do cruiserweights well. There's nothing they can do. They've tried it umpteen times. It never works. Anytime they try. And as far as the ladder match, it was cool. I'm just sick of ladder matches. Can we figure a different gimmick? It was a good match. NXT does too damn many ladder matches. It was a really good match. The whole industry does too damn many ladder matches, man. True. It wasn't a bad match. Like I don't, I don't think I shit on it. Like it's just the simple fact that it, the gimmick is overdone. Like, at some point you need to pull back and stop doing the same fucking thing over and over again because it loses its luster. And it was, it yeah. was a fine match. It was a really good match. But I still like we talked about before when we brought up the whole match of the week thing. Like I thought Walter versus Champa was fucking fantastic. The only thing I didn't like about Walter versus Champa was the fact that most of Champa's offense was very condensed to the one flurry where he hit like the fairy tale ending and a few other you know of his uh signatures and finishers and then he was basically just getting ragdolled the rest of the time so i, w- I would have liked to see a little more out of it than that but i thought it was still really well done and i love the finish of the chop because they set up the chop throughout the entire match of you know breaking a table and just being devastating so it's not a power bomb but you watched it break a table in half so i think i think that's kind of cool but yeah no and Kushida, just to tie it back to what the other part of your question was, he, he's decorated. He's well-known. People have wanted to put a, some belt on him for a while. 
and like you said, he had good matches for the last couple takeovers. Why not? I mean, it, it's well overdue for Koshida. So the Walter Choppa match, it was a glorified squash, which is what it needed to be. Shout out to Choppa, but if you're trying to make some money with Walter, that's how he needs to be booked. As far as this whole clusterfuck cruiserweight thing, okay, you're going to have Pablo Escobar and his crew win the match, and then you're going to give it to Marty McShida the very next time they have television. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't give a shit at all. Mm. I just don't. What do you think yeah. about what do you think about the idea of WWE shopping out the cruiserweight division? Why? Because WWE doesn't know how to build up other people outside of their their circle, as we've seen with some of the way they Clearly. don't or or. Well, it's true though. Is that if they don't put effort into no, you're it, right. then. Oh, okay. I just I couldn't tell the tone. It seemed a little sarcastic. No, no, no. If if, if it ain't homegrown. Good luck trying to get over in the WWE universe. Exactly. So even if they brought over Will Ospreay, let's just argue and put a throw name out there. Like they wouldn't be able to build him up to a point where the the diehard or the casual WWE fan, whatever you want to call that fan, gives a fuck. So it'll just be Jabroni number one against guy we don't give a fuck on the main roster who's less than two hundred pounds. So because. I think Kushida is the closest thing to legitimizing it because they had him go against bigger guys and established guys. Because he did had the Gargano match, you know, he had a, he had a few other really solid matches against heavyweights to prove he can hold his own against heavier weights, even though Gargano's not huge. Right. But he's he's probably their linchpin. But if WWE were to shop out the division, as in when I say that, I mean do. That, that division consistently does business with other promotions. So not only are they seeing what other people can do, not only are they furthering wrestling, but their name is also involved in all these other promotions. And the other promotions, I mean, obviously a rising, you know, a uh, uh, high tide rises, raises all ships, right? So, I mean, doesn't that make sense mm-hmm. at all? What do they care? Do- they already don't care about it. They already don't consider anybody else competition. Do y'all remember that video that went viral a few months back with that Hispanic brother that was on the skateboard listening to Fleetwood Mac while he was drinking some ocean spray? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if Will Ospreay went to WWE, that's exactly what he would be doing. Right, but Ospreay, people, ocean spray, people like that wouldn't exactly be involved in this doing. because he's a major player in New Japan, so New Japan wouldn't have that. But they could have their junior heavyweights on on display, right? You could you could you could get over lesser talent within your own company by feuding with a traveling WWE cruiserweight champion. I just don't understand how everybody involved wouldn't benefit from that. Because I'm the WWE, I make billions of dollars. I don't need to associate myself with other brands, and why would I do that? I right, and that's a that's a stale and predictable universe. That's a stale and predictable opinion from Negative Nancy. You know, if you want to be optimistic and look at things from a different perspective, get out of the box a little bit. How can we make everything better altogether? They don't give a shit about making anything better. They're making money over money over money 
it don't matter. It's not a stale perspective. It's a business perspective. And I'm not even saying I agree with it, but that's their perspective. We have literally curated our own universe. We're getting a billion dollars from NBC Universal for this goddamn network. We're getting a billion dollars from Fox to display SmackDown every Friday. Not to mention the $650 million that we're also getting because we throw Raw and NXT on the Universal platform. It's not being stale or being a pessimist or nothing like that. It is what it is. I don't have to play nice with other people. I've literally created my own universe. And you're not. Why should I play by, nice with other people? By doing so, you're not. And you're proving my point is because they're so far ahead, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them. None of them matter to them. But they can extend the universe that you're talking about that they created into every other federation if they can just take that small cruiserweight division and insert it into all of them, right? Like, now not only are we the biggest, baddest ever, and we don't have competition, right? But we're going to take everything else, and it's going to be a part of what we're doing. It's just a tentacle on their, on everything else, is what I'm saying. There's two things I can see being a problem here, though. First one being, depending on the company they could see that as attempting to gain a foothold to take over the company because there was a lot of rumors for the last two years that WWE was looking into making an NXT Japan which was kind of pushed against for a bunch of people so if we if we take New Japan out of the, the equation because they're big enough to not need help and WWE is just trying to extend the olive branch to elevate like an all Japan or like Noah or Dragon Gate and say something like, oh, send us a couple people and we'll throw them into a cruiserweight tournament and try to get them more exposure and maybe you guys get a run with the belt and then we'll bring some people over here, that the other thing. It would cause more exposure for the other people, but it wouldn't make the, the cruiserweight belt any hotter. It wouldn't make it any more valuable because the way that Japan or the, the Japanese wrestling companies like New Japan and All Japan view WWE is they view it kind of as a joke. Like when, you know, people come back, like Kenta's whole thing when he comes back, and people go, oh yeah, you were somewhere for five years that's supposed to be the best wrestling, and what did you do? Look at you, you're broken up, you fucking suck now. And then he's had to kind of bring his way back up. So they use that as kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke. And I get that you're trying to say why not have them raise people up and do something because it'll help the cruiserweight division while helping another company. But I don't think the vision is the same way from how certain other companies would perceive it, especially with what happened with NXT UK and how a lot of people claim that NXT UK killed the UK indies because they were just grabbing up all of the good talent and then that left nothing for the uh, what the IW's what the fuck is it like IWK or whatever fuck it was in progress and Rev Pro and shit like that. Or, it's so. the same op it's the same opposite bullshit opinion though, the fact that why not give more people opportunities and let them sink or swim, right? Like, okay, so the UK indies got dried up, but at the same time, how about the people that actually fucking accomplished something and made it and are making a shit ton of money? There's still indies in the UK. There's still gonna be wrestling, is what I'm saying. I don't know. Because WWE wants to be the end-all, be-all of 
the wrestling industry. They don't when we want, say WWE. They don't universe. want to. They don't. They they just don't. They, not only do they want to, they are. It's already happened. Yeah. So why bring everything else up? We've got the India connection with Kali. We've got WWE, NXT UK. They're literally trying to take over the entire world in terms of wrestling. So why would you try to give shine to somebody else? And I'm not saying it's right, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the moment they decide that they are that they can do that is the moment that they've completely won. Well, why not? Why would you give shine to another indie fed somewhere where you can just create your own indie fed in that same territory? Because not only is WWE one, WWE has almost become globally what is wrestling, essentially. Like it just it it transfers into all. I mean, like look at New Japan stars come to WWE. Like AAA stars come to WWE. European stars come to WWE. It's like. I, you 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 listen to even all these guys on the indies. If you if you don't think you're trying to make it to WWE, then then you're not. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be the WWE guy that's bashing everybody else because there are so much better things going on outside of WWE than inside of WWE for wrestling. But it's kind of the whole work together kind of thing, right? Like, it's going to be a system either way. People are going to go here. People are going to go there. But if everybody's kind of working together, it could be a lot better than it is. That's that's basically what I'm trying to say. We're getting a little transcendental here, and I apologize. No, no worries. I just don't understand how we're basically saying the same thing, but we're on opposite sides of this argument. Isn't that crazy how that works sometimes? Cool. Yeah, do we do we need to have a Rorschach test associated with this podcast too for this one, or we good? I'm good. Okay, just checking. It's all gonna look like a bunny stabbing stabbing a lizard to me. But he'll but Tony might see it as a lizard stabbing a bunny because it's basically <laughs> the same thing but on the opposite sides of the argument. <laughs> Bob, by the way, <laughs> we're we're done here. <laughs> Andrew, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you, brother? You can find me at that wonderful Japanese carnival with all the sushi funnel cake on yep. the uh, Disgusting. It does sound awful. I don't know why I said that. I gave myself a bad taste in my mouth after the words came out. <laughs> and then, uh, or you can catch me on the Twitter at uh, IWC Warchief. And uh, as I was saying, on the chairshot.com covering Japanese things. And who knows, because as I said last week, and now it'll definitely take effect this week, Thursdays are going to move to AJ because that's where Impact moved to. And I've got, you know, plans Thursdays that have kind of been standing for a while. So I can't really do anything about that at the moment. That might change. It might not. But at least, you know, Japan's fun. Video on demand is a fantastic thing, especially when they film their shit when it's like two, three o'clock on the East Coast. So that's nice. So how about you, Mr. Prlat? What you doing? As you were talking, I literally had like six jokes pop in my head in regards to what you were saying, but all of them are like super racist, so I can't say any of them. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say you all can find me on Twitter at the real C Platt, but more importantly than that, again, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the chair shop, 
the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at the chair shot is by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt folks i cannot stress this enough all you need to do with yourself you're on the internet anyway whether your computer or your phone however it goes you're on that melon farmer we all know it don't bullshit me you can't bullshit a bullshitter you can't kind of con man you can't hustle a hustler and game recognized game so all you need to do is go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot peruse the site and i guarantee you're going to find something you like and more importantly than that folks you're going to be supporting your favorite website for news reviews opinion and analysis with attitude because you're smarter than the average fan that's why you go to thechairshot.com day in and day out again ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot please and thank you thank you and please thechairshot.com we're not just a website we're a movement commission now where you at you can find what me you got going on you can find me at pc tunny and most days on chair shot radio network can thank you for your continued listenership we very much appreciate it bigger and better things are only yet to come and don't forget to use spring fling as the code for for uh for wrestling tees or 20 percent off wow. or spring break or spring into action or uh jerry springer or spring sprang sprung you know something like that yeah. i don't that one doesn't work oh and here's other ones did okay that's fantastic anyway now, now you get spring it. flings the real one now you, get it. <laughs> now you get it shout out to spring break god damn it i'm old i miss those days but anywho you heard the man you type that promo code in you're gonna get something off so not only are you gonna be supporting the movement you get a little money off there you go ah, ah, ah. hey man for the commissioner PC Tunney, for Andrew Snowflake Balls Belaz, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Pod is War. RIPX. Until next time, we'll see you right back here. Same Platt time, same Platt channel, lest we fall out again. But until next time, hit it, Carly. And Shalom. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.